Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent around these parts here on the AHL Report, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Of course, joining me each and every week is my fantastic co-host, the president and founder of Rocket Sports Media, our editor-in-chief, and uh, generally just our most knowledgeable hockey guy, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? Wow, that was a great introduction. I'm, I, wow. I'm, how could I not feel <laughs> fabulous after that? Well, it's amazing what a little rum will do for you. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what influenced influence the intro? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know that it influenced the content of the intro, but, you know, the just the general energy of the intro. I see. Yeah. Mm. My, uh, my... I'm I beautiful aroma happening at the desk today. You know, you always have the snacks up there. So um, I brought something kind of I'm finishing something kind of special here uh, on today's show. Um, My husband and I were were doing a little uh, fine rum tasting earlier today. And I have uh, just some just just a smidge of it left uh, in my in my little glass here. And the cool thing is, is that now that this little smidge of it has, has sat on my desk for, I don't know, an hour or so, it smells like I could pour this on ice cream. It smells super caramely now. And I'm really, so this is, this is rum sipping. This isn't, uh, this isn't with a mixer or or anything like that. No, this is, uh, this is, uh, neat, straight, Ah, straight up, ah. uh, just, Smidgy, just uh, we've got uh, some some very nice uh, Caribbean rums, and so we were tasting one of them today. Uh-huh. It's quite good. So I will say, do you have do you have a beverage? Do you have anything there? I have water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm without snackage today, so. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Well, I know. I will I will raise my glass to you today with a little slancha traditional Irish. Mhm. I don't know where that came from today, but you know, it sounds better than cheers some days. Um and here's to the last from the press box episode in the month of May for 2019. It is the end of May, um, and we've now passed Victoria Day in Canada, Memorial Day this past weekend in the States. So it is um, assumed to be the official start of summer, although um, temps aren't catching up to the date yet. Um, On the northern side of the border, um, a balmy 11 degrees Celsius in Montreal today. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Total. But it was, did you have a nice Memorial Day? Do you say Happy you, Memorial Day? Well, you know, this is always a question I've had: is you know, do you say Happy Memorial? Because it's really, if you pay attention, folks, you know, Memorial it's like Day our is, Remembrance Day. Is it just for listen for listeners on yes. on the Canadian side? It's it's like our Remembrance Day. Yes, more it is a day to memorialize those uh, who served in the military uh, and who are no longer with us, whether they whether they uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty or, or are 
simply veterans who have since passed on um, today to honor uh, those in military service who have died. Um, so yeah, it's always one of, you know, and you don't say happy remembrance day. It's, it's always one of those things. Like I don't want to really say happy Memorial day, but I did watch a special, uh, a bit of a special over the weekend with a bunch of combat veterans who said, please say happy Memorial day and go to the lake for the weekend, have your barbecue, crack open a beer and, and give thanks and remember the men and women who gave up their lives so that you could have a day and a weekend to live life to the fullest and have fun. So I was like, okay. As well, long as there's per- remembrance somewhere along the lines. I, I, exactly. I okay. That you're basically throwing a party for them. Got it. I like that. So, yeah, I like that too. Uh, my Memorial Day weekend was fabulous. Uh, it was tremendous. The weather probably for the first time in a decade, was beautiful all three days of the long weekend. Um, had some, uh, was home for the whole thing, but had some picnicking on a, on our new deck and some walks outside in some nature and good food and good company. And yeah, it was very good. Well, that's great. And there was plenty of hockey to go around with the uh, the Calder Cup, of course, um, the Memorial Cup, the World Championships. Um, I don't know if we're going to say too much about the Stanley Cup final with uh, the Bruins in there, but oh, there was plenty, yeah. plenty, plenty of hockey to be uh, uh, viewed. Absolutely. So, so uh, I will give us a quick rundown of what we are going to talk about today before before we uh, move on to anything else here. We are going to talk about uh, the Montreal Canadiens have, have been busy with the contract pens uh, in the last week. So we're going to talk about three new contracts that were signed uh, for the Canadiens over the past week. And uh, at least two of those have a direct impact on the Laval Rockets. So we'll talk about those. Um, and uh, just give a kind of a one last look at how a couple of key Habs and Flyers prospects uh, fared at the World Championships over in Bratislava. Uh, in segment two, we're going to head around the AHL, which essentially right now is all about the Calder Cup. And in fact, uh, the results are in for the conference finals. Uh, this, the Calder Cup final will kick off later this week. So we'll talk about how the conference finals shaped up. Uh, who were the key contributors there, and what is the preview looking like for the Calder Cup final, which begins this weekend? And then we uh, also have uh, some uh, a coaching update for the AHL as well. And then in segment three, we go beyond the AHL. Uh, we did talk about how the Newfoundland Growlers uh, in their inaugural season made it to the Kelly Cup final. Well, we now know who their opponent is and how the first game went down. So we'll talk about that. Um, give you the results from the Memorial cup, which just finished up over the weekend as well. And of course we want to talk to you a little bit more in case you missed out last week or in case you're still thinking about entering our NHL draft ticket contest here at rocket sports media. We've got some more information for you on that. Um, and that's coming up towards the end of the show. So you don't want to miss that. So we've got a great show ahead for you today. Well, we should get to it then. And uh, I, I, I'm tempted to distract 
talk about our national day, but we simply don't have time for it. Other than to say it is National Hamburger Day. Now, I should note, this is like the cherry pie thing. <laughs> well, because you're getting National, national Cheeseburger Day. It's not which national. Is in September, because you get a National Cheeseburger Day in September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think earlier today you said, when is National Bacon Cheeseburger Day? And I'm going to bet that there is one. So I bet you get multiple burger days. Is well, this an important what, day for you, burger day? Yeah, very important. And it's, it's uh, doubly important because it's also National Brisket Day. Ooh. And it wasn't too very long ago. Um, that I discovered that the two go together pretty darn well. Yes, they do. A little Put brisket, some brisket on, your, on a on burger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now you got something. It's a long time trick around these parts. You got. You can't. You got to have the brisket on the burger. So putting things on the burger. What? What is? What? What's your favorite add-ons to? To a burger. Like if I like like my standard go to if I just want a good burger or if I want something a little different. No, 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 no. Just your standard. My standard perfect burger is um, either a brioche or sesame seed bun because the bread is very important. You can't mm-hmm. have bread that's going to fall apart or is too small or is too big. So a good brioche or sesame seed bun, uh, cheeseburger always. You got. I know today's National Hamburger Day, but we're putting cheese on those burgers today, people. I'm sorry. Um, mayo, ketchup, and mustard, lettuce, tomato, red onion, bacon, maybe some fried uh, crispy onion straws on there. Hmm. Now I'm hungry. Well, if you go to um, actually, this is turning into another. This might might turn into another one of your polls. Um, oh, but if good. you go I didn't have to, one this week, so that's good. Yeah. If you go to NHL.com, you'll see a video that um, that acknowledges National Hamburger Day, and they have asked um, NHLers what their favorite toppings, condiments, etc. Um, okay. Are on burgers, yeah. Claude Giroux, so I, for example, uh, bacon. It's always bacon. Yeah, um, that's the only time he's made sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury likes bacon on on his. Um, uh, Josh Manson needs the bacon. Um, you have a Vincent Trocheck that that talks about bacon, but then he he says he needs avocado, which I mean, he's lost me right there. Um, Jonathan Taves uh, wants a fried egg, which I've never understood that either. Um, it's I've had it I've had that once. It's better than you think it's going to be, but it's it just doesn't it's different. sound good. It's different, yeah. And Max Domi for Canadian fans. Max Domi, he's just... Uh, you'd think Max Domi would be a fun-loving kind of guy, but um, 
he talks about, well, back in the day when I did eat burgers and then back in the oh, day when I, when, when I did eat cheese, of course I don't eat cheese. Like stop it. Now I get Max Domi has type one diabetes. So I get that he probably has stricter dietary control yeah, for sure. And for things sure. that he has to watch, but you know that that's, well, I'm just trying to be a clean eater. Come on. Yeah. Eat the good stuff. Eat the good well, stuff. And the other thing on the uh, on the NHL.com video is asking about um, uh, condiments. And, and nobody mentioned grilled onions, which is my number one. Mm. Well, cheese for sure, but, but grilled onions. Um, but they also ask your favorite um, burger franchise. Oh, now that's... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's... That's a good one. So um, Charlie McAvoy is Shake Shack. Um, oh, come on, Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. No. Shake Shack uh, is really overpriced. Sagan and uh, who's the defenseman from Carolina? Slavin. Uh, I, they mentioned five guys. Five guys for me is is right at the top. Um if you're in the Toronto area, uh, there's a franchise there, Burgers Priest, which is excellent. Um, but Five Guys, yeah, you can never go wrong with Five Guys. You can't go wrong with Five Guys. No. You can't. So this now leads me to thinking I'm going to need two separate polls this week. The Burgers are that important. And the, and the, the uh, favorite franchise. Yeah, I think the favorite franchise thing will be like a traditional poll. Like, let's just narrow it down to to four franchises and and see what the people like. Um, But the toppings one, I might, instead of doing like a traditional poll, I might just put that out there as a, like a general Twitter question and let people just reply. Okay. Because then, you know, like if people have like the whole list of like six things that they have to have on their burger well then don't we all don't we all want those ideas for our own burgers Hmm. i think we do (laughs) and i'm i'm not retweeting anybody that has jalapenos on their burger i'm sorry i'm telling you that right now or avocado Okay, maybe I will for jalapenos, but not for avocado. And I'm not an I, I'm not against avocado. Okay, so let me put it this way: See, I would put guacamole on a burger, but not straight oh, avocado. Sorry. Guacamole is very good. <laughs> so hockey, how's that, how's that hockey doing? You know what? Well, this was hockey aside, related. These are hockey players that are that's their right. And I'm glad to see that, aside from Max Domi, that hockey players are not afraid to eat a burger. For God's sake! Well, happy uh, National Hamburger Day and Happy National Brisket Day. And uh, if you combine them, even better. I like it. I like it very much. All right. Well. Things that uh, some Habs fans have been liking uh, uh, is the amount of signing of new contracts happening uh, this past week. 
I will say I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on them. Some of them, like I, two of the three, I get the signing, and and I'm and I'm okay with the signing. The third one, eh, I could do without. We'll start with uh, last year's Laval Rocket All Star Alex Belzeal. 27-year-old was signed to a one-year two-way contract, um, about $700,000 at the NHL level, $175,000 at the AHL level, um, $200,000 guaranteed salary. Um, Belzeal, I can certainly understand this signing. Um, Belzeal was uh, the the Rockets' leading goal scorer with 19, uh, 35 assists, eight power play goals, um, had shorthanded points game. He just, he was one of the few, um, if you could say consistent scorers for Laval, cause I don't know that they really had any that were truly consistent, but, but Alex Belzeal was reliable for Laval last year. And, uh, you know, as such was, was their all-star represent representing the team uh, at the all-star game, Rick. And so he gets a, uh, he gets a one-year contract um, next year. I would imagine he's maybe a candidate to have, have the letter a on his chest next year, perhaps. I suppose so. And, and, and maybe I felt more strongly about that earlier in the season uh, when, when he was uh, putting up points and, um, I think it was after the all-star break and we, and um, we, we spent a fair bit of time with him um, during the all-star mm-hmm. break and he was, he was great. He was very generous with his time and, and uh, um, uh, his, his play dropped off um, as the season went, went on. Um, and, and I think he, he, he struggled as, as, um, you know, as the, the AHL got, uh, uh, tighter, um, just as the NHL does, uh, mm-hmm. in the, the road to the playoffs, uh, I, I thought that he struggled a bit more, um, struggled scoring. He struggled with, uh, his discipline. Uh, he was, uh, the leading penalty, um, getter on the, the, uh, Laval rocket. Uh, and his defensive play uh, was uh, it came and went, um, and uh, it, he was very inconsistent in his own zone. Um, that effort level. So, um, uh, is is Alex Belzeal a good uh, second line complementary scorer? Yes, I think so. Um, but I think he struggled as as the 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 top scorer and and in that role I think he struggled um, certainly yeah. when when um, Agostino and Chapu and Fraze and um, uh, w- with those guys out of out of the uh, off the roster um, uh, I think Belzeal and the load shifted to him um, Jake Evans you know uh, it was uh, as he said it was a long long season for him and and a bit of a um, uh, an experience and, and his offense struggled. I, I, I think Belzeal struggled as well. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when, when the coach, uh, tapped him on the shoulder and certainly, you know, being a, a local guy, um, there was, uh, additional pressure there. Will he have an A on? I, I suspect so. Um, uh, just, just because of, 
of um you know his place of birth but um let's not forget that that he's he's not too far removed from um the ECHL he's he's uh, a player that spent a you know 168 games in the ECHL and and worked his way to the AHL um you know for for Canadians fans who are wondering that this is a two-way contract but wondering if he can uh, help out in some way uh, with the big club, I would say no. His no, I guess. Um, his his uh, talent level is just not there. Um, but uh, can he be a good um, piece and and um, and working within um, you know uh, his his uh, his talent limits uh, for Laval? Sure, he can do that. Absolutely. And the fans seem to like him as well, uh, mm-hmm. probably because yeah. he's a Laval local. Uh, that helps as well. Um, so they get excited about a, a local a local guy uh, doing well with their hometown team. So congratulations to Alex Belzio on a new contract. Um, another guy who we had the chance to briefly work with before he spent the rest of the season up with the Montreal Canadiens was defenseman Brett Kulak. And he was signed to a three-year contract from the Montreal Canadiens through the 21-22 season. Um, Kulak did play um, a few games, uh, played for a little while down there with the uh, Laval Rocket, but spent most of his time up with the Montreal Canadiens. And he seems uh, quite excited to be, to be signing with the Canadiens for the next three years. Um, And, Rick, I'll let you talk a little bit about Brett Kulak since he since most uh, he did a he did a, a decent job with Laval. Uh, we certainly enjoyed getting to to work with him and speak with him on the occasions that we could interview him. But the most most of his impact took place at the NHL level, which is uh, something that you and Joe Whalen uh, discuss every week on the Canadians Connection podcast. So, what does a, a Brett Kulak signing really bring to the organization for this three year extension? Well, Brett Kulak is, um, you know, he's a, uh, is a mobile defenseman. He, he seemed to fit in well, um, uh, on a, on a, on the left side, uh, that as, as we've talked about before was, um, pretty underwhelming. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of talent on the left side. So, so Brett Kulak got a lot of playing time. He's a, he's a hard worker. He, he, um, um, you know, he's, he's, a, a cerebral kind of guy. Um, um, he skates well as, as, uh, when we talked to him, um, uh, a couple of times, he kept reminding us, uh, that, that he doesn't have a physical game and, and, uh, that that was something that, that, um, you know, might, uh, might limit his opportunities, um, at the NHL level. And ideally, I think you'd want to see uh, a Brett Gulak on your on your third um, defense pairing. Mm-hmm. He was uh, because of of the uh, uh, lack of of left-handed defensemen. He was uh, he was playing mostly with Jeff Petrie, and Jeff Petrie, um, pretty easy guy to play with, and had a uh, an outstanding season. So, um, correspondingly, Brett Gulak looked pretty good. But the Canadians' defense was. Uh, at times, it's uh, Achilles' heel, and and you'd think that you'd want to upgrade that talent level 
Um, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, you know, signing Brett Kulak is a, is, is a good move. The only issue I'd have is the length of the contract. Three years seems um, yeah. a, a bit long. Um, and uh, especially with, um, you know, with uh, an influx of, of, of young talent uh, coming in, um, that, that's uh, a bit of a question mark. He played 57 games with the Canadians this this past season and managed to set new career highs for himself in goals with six goals, uh, new career high in assists with 11, new career high in points with 17, a new career high with his plus-minus differential ending the season at a plus 12, and a career high in his average ice time, which was 17 minutes, 51 seconds uh, on average per game. So, for Brett Kulak, it was a tremendous season for himself personally. Um, and as you say, Rick, there's, there is an influx of young talent that's about to come in um, over the course of the next couple of years. So maybe Brett Kulak with a three-year deal, if he can replicate that kind of season for himself again, where he, where he's, he's, you know, setting new or coming near his career high numbers and makes those kinds of contributions, then maybe he becomes an attractive uh, low cost, uh, you know, trade down the road uh, in another year or two, if he can keep up that kind of play. So um, we're happy for Brett Kulak to get uh, a new, ex- a new contract. Uh, congratulations to him. He seems to be pretty happy about it. And uh, hopefully he can, as you say, probably, probably third pairing, and just bring a little bit of, uh, you know, stability there um, in that in that bottom bottom pairing role. Now, last but not least, Rick, we have one more signing. It's another one-year two-way contract. Uh, this one is for a defenseman as well, uh, one who will likely probably see a lot of time in Laval yet again, and that is last year's captain Xavier Ouellet. Um little higher uh, salary negotiation than Belzeal. Willette uh, has the same NHL level salary at $700,000, but in the AHL $300,000 with $400,000 in guaranteed salary. So twice the guaranteed salary of Alex Belzeal. Um, Willette played 19 games with the Canadians last season and had a whopping three assists during that time. In the 47 games he played for Laval, scored seven goals, and had 28 points. Uh, and, of course, was named the captain of the Laval Rocket in February after Byron Fraze was traded to the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Um, this is not a contract that I'm necessarily excited about the Canadian signing uh, at any level, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um it was, you know, last year we talked about this a lot, Rick, that, that Willette came in. He knows he's got plenty of experience with Joel Bouchard uh, from his junior days and so forth, but made it quite clear that, you know, quoting him, you know, to, no offense to Joel Bouchard, but I don't plan to play for him in Laval. Uh, well, that didn't exactly work out for Xavier Willette. Um, and he went down to... Laval and they rewarded that kind of attitude with making him captain. Um, and he even said at, at his end of season exit interview to the media that, yeah, things didn't go the way I wanted to this season. Uh, and I plan to do whatever I can to get back to the NHL. So 
while we know that every guy playing in the AHL wants to make the NHL, there's a, there's a difference when it comes to optics and how you present that uh, publicly. And it's just not the kind of attitude for a captain that I particularly love, but maybe that's just me. Uh, it, uh, I, I think there's an issue, uh, Xavier Willette, I think there's an issue with him and um, his ability to self-assess uh, where his game's at. Um, uh, he, yeah, he, he made that comment about, you know, yes, yes, I know Joel Bouchard, but um, if he thinks that I'm, I'm coming to the Canadians organization to play in Laval, he's got another thing coming, paraphrasing, of course. Um, yeah. And, 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 um, you know, at the end of this season was saying about getting back to the NHL. He, he, he has to understand that um, he was bought out in, in Detroit because of his poor play, his poor decision-making um, yeah. that um, he, you know, from in October and November when he was up with the Canadians, there was a lot of those games where he was a healthy scratch uh, because of his poor play and poor decision-making before uh, eventually he um, was assigned to Lavelle and he was assigned after clearing waivers uh, that uh, nobody in the, in the league claimed him. So he, he has to understand um, his uh, limitations, his, the, where he is in, in, in his career. Uh, I understand the, uh, yes, that was kind of pacifying him, giving him the, the captain's role uh, right away. Um and um, and making a big deal about it, it also was 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 fine for uh, it. Fit right into Joel Bouchard's uh, uh, the way he operates. He's the type of coach who's who's uh, you know he's the de facto. Joel Bouchard sees himself as the de facto captain of the Loyal Rocket. Um, mm-hmm. And he wouldn't want a leadership group that would challenge him in, in any way. Um, uh, Xavier Ouellette is very quiet. Uh, he's, you know, he'll go along with, with uh, Bouchard. And so that, that fits nicely. Um, I guess beyond that, you know, uh, I, I, I've said this before, but, but I hear, uh, so many times uh, Canadians fans, not just Canadians fans, but talk about uh, no risk signing. This is, this is, uh, there's no consequences. Just sign, sign, sign all these players. What, what, what's the problem with it? Well, the problem is um, first there's, you know, there's the cap uh, to, to consider. And, and uh, some teams are in a position where, where they watch their cap dollars and don't spend uh so much on all these fringe players. We've talked about that before. There's also mm-hmm. a contract limit, a hard contract limit. So you can't just sign, um, you know, all kinds of players, but also there's the obstacles that, that you create for um, your, your prospects. And, and um, we, we hear uh, Habs fans are very excited about next season, about the, the successful drafting, um, um, in the last few years now that Trevor Timmons has the, uh, the leash removed and, and uh, Mark Bergevin has, has given him uh, total control. You see the talent of, of um, Trevor Timmons and being able to, to uh, evaluate and bring in top-notch talent. Um, but if, 
the top-notch talent has to have, have somewhere to develop. And if you're putting all of these obstacles in their way, and we saw that last year, um, especially on the blue line last year with Xavier Ouellette and Simone Dupre and, and uh, Brett Kulak and Carl Alsner and, and all this NHL experience, it was difficult uh, for the, the, the prospects to get um, uh, minutes and, and, and get exposed to different situations, get exposed to having time on the power play or the penalty kill. And we're looking at, um, you know, the Canadians have already signed um, Brett Kulak and Christian Folan. Carl Alsner is still under contract. Xavier Ouellette, Osko Leskinen, um, and many of these players are going to be in Laval. And where, where, where is the 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 room for Kale Fleury and Josh Brook and and the others? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's um, it's it's to, and at, at the same t- at the forward. Uh, Alex Belzio and, and Nate Thompson was signed and Jordan wheel and Dale Weiss is under contract. And, um, you know, you, you have, uh, Joel Teasdale coming in and, and are these players going to have enough time and, and be exposed to a number of learning experiences? Uh, when we've heard, uh, the, the head coach say the, the only, uh, issue is winning. And, uh, so he's, he's liable to rely on all of that, um, uh, all of the more experienced talent that, that he has. Absolutely. And, um, you know, one of those names, you just mentioned Joel Teasdale, Nick Suzuki's another one. Um, those, those two are both coming off of, uh, their Memorial cup run. Uh, well, Joel Teasdale actually, uh, coming home with, uh, as a champion from that, um, you know, it's, those are, they're, they're coming off of very big junior seasons and the last, you want to ride that momentum. So we want to see good development plans in place for players like that. And, and the ones, you know, who were rookies this past year, the Kale Flurries of, of, of the world and, um, you know, the, uh, the Lucas Vedamos and, and, and those types of players, you want to be sure that they have, as you say, the, the space and the ice time to go out there and learn and be given the opportunity to make mistakes, not that they make a mistake and they're replaced with a Dale Weiss uh, or, you know, something of that nature. Um, so I think we agree, uh, Xavier Willett, not exactly, jumping up and down over that contract extension. Um, thankfully it's only for one year. Um, we'll wait to see. We'll wait to see how that works out. I would imagine that they would put the C back on his sweater. Um, I can't imagine that they would take that away from him. Um, not exactly my favorite captain material either, but um, there are others in the room who I think could do better at that job. Um, but for now, good on the decently good on the Belzeal contract, decently okay on the, the Kulak contract, not so much on the Xavier Wellett contract. Um, and yet again, we've, we had talked about this right at the end of the regular season. Um, I realized that now we're getting, you know, June is coming uh, this, this week. So 
you've got a month left now that you have to start looking at your RFA and UFA uh, situation and start getting contracts signed. Um, Belzeal, okay, good. Get that one done. Um, Kulak, uh, okay. And as you say, it was a little longer than it, than it probably needed to be. Well, that wasn't one that I think that you needed to rush out in May and make sure you get him locked up. Um, but you've got some other holes that you need to fill. Um, and sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say, let's, let's go back. I, I know there's all kinds of excitement about the talent coming in. Let's go back a year. Um, and um, Habs fans were, were praising uh, Bergevin uh, for, for going out and um, signing a, uh, a, a young free agent um, who had a phenomenal OHL season. Um, and uh, they were looking forward to how he would fit into the Laval rocket. And with, with, you know, Chris, we've talked about Chris Terry uh, leaving and, and Adam Cracknell signing elsewhere and, and Dan Carr going elsewhere. Uh, there was all kinds of excitement about what, what could um, Hayden Verbeek do? Uh, and Hayden for Verbeek a year ago was, was a big signing um, for, mm-hmm. for um, uh, Lavelle. And he was coming off a 30 goal season with the St. Marie Greyhounds. He, he had worn an A, he was a leader. He had played in all situations. Um, and, and what kind of impact was this 30 goal, 60 point score going to have on the lineup? Um in Lavelle. And we saw that because of, you know, the, um, the coaching preferences and, and, and reliance on, on other players, um, Verbeek was um, basically had a fourth line role, um, limited minutes, uh, limited games, healthy scratch off. And he ran into some injury problems as well, but um, he had a, a very limited role. And, and uh, I time he was on the ice he was the hardest worker out there uh but things weren't happening for him um and partly partly because of his confidence and and partly because of his line mates and um he seemed to have lost his 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 hands he's he's always a a great skater good motor and uh but his hands and and um i had a couple of scouts say who's who's that guy who's who's because he was they were impressed with his work ethic uh, but Hayden Verbeek, you know, uh, wasn't given an opportunity all season long, ended up with seven points in 48 games, uh, spent some time even in, in uh, the ECHL. Um, and that's the kind of, of turnaround that can happen to a, a, a young player that, that uh, you know, has some potential if, if all of these obstacles are put uh, in their way. Um, so development isn't just, um, you know, taking a great prospect, plugging them in and, and, uh, and everything happens magically. Um, so when all of these, these, um, fringe signings are happening, understand that, that they could be an obstacle to, um, young developing prospects. They absolutely could. 
speaking of young developing prospects, uh, two in particular, we've we've mentioned Joel Teasdale, and of course, congratulations to him and the Rowan Noan uh, Huskies on their on their Memorial Cup win, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show um, as far as how the Memorial Cup shook out in the end. But two particular um, teammates for the Guelph Storm. Um, Isaac Ratcliffe and Nick Suzuki, Flyers prospect, Habs prospect. Um, these two guys are are ones that all eyes are going to be on both, particularly after this season and this Memorial Cup run and CHL playoff. Um, Suzuki has been one that Habs fans have been excited about for quite some time and with good reason. Um, and, and we've talked about him quite extensively over the last couple of weeks and how much he has contributed uh, in the playoffs. Um, and, and, and as soon as he was put on a line with Isaac Ratcliffe, um, when, when the Guelph Storm acquired him kind of mid-season, uh, instant chemistry. And, and that line became, along with Entwistle on that line, just an amazing line of forwards um Isaac and so Nick Suzuki is one all eyes are going to be on him for for Canadians fans on the Flyers side of things Isaac Ratcliffe you know I think Isaac Ratcliffe was always a name that um Flyers fans were were high on but after this season and this and this playoff season my goodness Isaac Ratcliffe is going to do some some pretty special things for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms next year, I think. Keep t- Take this statistic in mind that came out uh, in a recent article on the Flyers website. If you take the regular season in the OHL, the one game that he played in the um, CHL versus Russia series, the 24 games he played in the OHL playoffs, and the four games that he played in the Memorial Cup, Ratcliffe's final point totals for the 2018-19 season, 69 goals, 47 assists for 116 points in 94 games played. That's a lot of points. (laughs) That's a lot of points. And the 20-year-old most likely will move to Lehigh Valley Phantoms now. Um, He played a couple of games. Uh, there under head coach Scott Gordon at the end of last season, uh, in fact, scored his first pro goal in his first pro game. Um, and he'll potentially uh, be on a line with a very good friend of his, Morgan Frost. And between Frost's abilities and Ratcliffe's abilities, that could be something. I'm telling you, that could be a very special pair for people to watch uh, there in Lehigh Valley. Um, Joel Farabee is going to be coming in as well. Um, the prospect and, and we'll, we'll take a closer look at the prospects that are coming into uh, Lehigh Valley uh, maybe ne- on next week's show. Uh, but there's some speaking of, of we, we talk a lot about the prospects that Canadians fans are getting excited about coming into Laval. There's a lot to get excited about coming through the pipeline uh, from the Hextall successful drafting era uh, who are just going to start making their, their uh, first 
rookie professional seasons. And I think there's going to be some things to really get excited about there. Uh, no question. Um, and, and Radcliffe, uh, well, both Suzuki and, and Radcliffe had a, you know, a monster run through the, through the OHL playoffs and, and, uh, uh, Radcliffe with 30 points in 24 playoff games. Um, they, you know, six points in four games of the Memorial cup, nothing to sneeze at, but didn't, couldn't quite, uh, maintain that, uh, um, that pace that they had, uh, same for Suzuki and, and, um, and unfortunately bowed out of, uh, the Memorial cup, um, their, their, um, their fairy tale run, um, mm-hmm. kind of came to, to an end. Um, the, the Guelph storm had, um, had throughout the playoffs had kind of um, given up the first two games and, and then came storming back, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, but, and, and did something similar in, in the Memorial cup um, tournament, but, uh, but, but couldn't make it happen. And we ended up with the, uh, the two Quebec teams there and, and, uh, and Joel Teasdale, as you mentioned, not only coming away with the Memorial cup, the CHL championship, but also uh, the MVP of the tournament uh, was named MVP of the tournament. Pretty amazing stuff. Um, looking forward to seeing these guys uh, play professionally next year. And uh, of course the rocket sports media team will be on hand to bring you credentialed coverage and lots of uh, one-on-one interviews with these guys uh, as they, as they make their way into the pro hockey ranks. We are going to take one quick break. uh, And on the other side of that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Calder cup playoffs. Uh, Things are really heating up and we're, we're officially coming down the stretch and we now know who is, who is going to contend to win that Calder Cup. So on the other side of this break, don't go anywhere. We'll talk about the Calder Cup playoffs right here on From the Press Box. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined, of course, every week by my fabulous co-host, Mr. Rick Stevens. And don't forget to find us on Twitter. Uh, Join the conversation, interact with us, send us your questions, your comments, your feedback. Uh, Right there on Twitter, you can find us at the AHL Report. And, of course, head over to our website at ahl.report. Uh, where you'll always find great content on your favorite AHL teams. 
Rick, it's been an exciting run up to the Calder Cup final. And we talked about last week how the, the Eastern and Western Conference finals were going to be a couple of series that were, were probably going to be pretty uh, intense. Uh, in the East, we had the Charlotte Checkers taking on the previously undefeated in the playoffs this year, uh, Toronto Marlies and, and the defending Calder Cup champions. And in the West, the Chicago Wolves, a really strong team who you predicted early in the, early in the season would be the cup winner for this year, uh, facing uh, a very strong San Diego Gulls team. And uh, neither one of those series really disappointed as in terms of excitement. Well, very exciting, and and uh, each series had its share of overtime games, um, uh, and, and in and, um, double overtime games um, as well. The um, uh, the Eastern series was decided in a in a double overtime match with Charlotte um, beating Toronto four to three in double overtime, and I think on the Western side, I think the series turned on a, a double overtime uh, win by Chicago. Um, uh, San Diego was up to two games to one in that series. Um, and uh, at home, uh, they lost in a double overtime uh, match to uh, Chicago. And, and uh, th- that, that, that seemed to really um, change the series and Chicago was able to uh, then clean up um, at the end of that. So, um, very exciting. Uh, also I should mention, um, attendance, uh, with, with teams throughout, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the playoffs setting attendance records, uh, Charlotte set, um, um, uh, uh, records, um, in Bojangles arena, they had uh, close to 8,400, um, um, out for theirs and San Diego, um, it was more than 12,000, um, in uh, in the building um, for um, uh, for one of their games and and uh, so uh, the AHL being uh, very successful in providing exciting hockey but also attracting uh, more fans than ever. It's it's amazing and to watch that San Diego Gulls game where they were they were sold out. This building holds twelve thousand for hockey and they were at. 12,100 and something, which meant standing room only. And it was loud in there. I mean, there's obviously a market for hockey in California. And it's something that, that has been talked about for a while now with, with players, you know, like Thatcher Demko and so coming out of, of California and, and there's obviously a market for it and they love their San Diego goals. Let me tell you, (laughs) Um, back here on the East coast, Toronto had not lost in the Calder Cup playoffs yet. Um, and Charlotte found a way. Um, Charlotte's been the top of the league all season long. And there were times that they looked to struggle a little bit uh, in this, in this playoff season, uh, in this, in this postseason. But certainly not against Toronto, and for them to be able to do what they did, they went into Toronto, beat them uh, in front of a, a ravenous Marley's crowd that was they could they were starting to taste 
could could we do two in a row? Could we could we repeat? Um, and the answer would be no. Uh, looks it's going to be the Charlotte Checkers, and they are going to be facing the Chicago Wolves. It's going to be. It's going to be. <laughs> I think it's good. Can anyone can can the Wolves unseat the league's top team? who has been at the top of the league all season. I think, I don't know. It's going to be a great matchup. And uh, you saw that, that Charlotte, um, the, the Marlies, uh, as you said, they hadn't lost until they got to uh, the series with, with the checkers and the, the checkers play much like the Carolina, much like Rod Brindamore has, um, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes playing um, Mike Volucci in in, uh, in Charlotte has is, is copied that formula, and they are relentless. They are a pressure team. Mm-hmm. They just go after, and and it's something that that uh, uh, the Marlies, uh, who had been uh, coasting up to that point, didn't didn't have an answer for uh, that pressure game uh, by by Charlotte. And of course, on the other side. Um, Chicago is is got a potent offense. Um, Cody Glass and and uh, Dan Carr um, and uh, and Dan Carr got the the game winner in that double overtime game uh, that I talked about. Um, being the MVP for for the uh, um, uh, the AHL regular season, he showed uh, just how valuable he was. And and we have to remember that that uh, Dan Carr missed a good portion of the end of the regular season and the, the first, mm-hmm. uh, the first round series. Um, and, uh, but they're, they're firing in all cylinders now. It should be an excellent series. And it's, it's interesting for me just um, covering the Montreal Canadians. And you see that um, um, Mark Bergevin has, you know, he's, he's had trouble working with people, working with, with players, working with, with, uh, uh, players uh, with with uh, uh, off-ice people next to him and and uh, Von Karpin left the organization and went to Vegas and uh, is the director of player personnel there and has um, put together uh, much of, of the Chicago Wolves uh, squad uh, and uh, obviously done an excellent job and and the, you know Rick Dudley left uh, the Canadians because he didn't f- feel that he was being listened to and now uh, as senior VP of hockey ops uh, for Carolina, he's he's had a big influence on how the the checkers have been put together, um, and and you see those two guys um, um, now are are their teams are facing off for the Calder Cup final, and and uh, they must be feeling uh, good about what they've put on the ice. Want to mention one interesting tidbit. Uh, Chicago Wolves goaltender Max Legacy um, became the first goaltender in AHL history to be credited with scoring a Calder Cup playoff goal during Saturday's game in San Diego. Yes, you heard that right. Um, There was a delayed penalty, so the goals had an extra attacker on the ice. Uh, Legacy made a shot, uh, made a save, um, but San Diego maintained possession and Isaac Lundestrom's backward pass from center ice missed its connection to his teammate and slid into a, an empty net. So because 
Max Legacy was the last gull to touch the puck before, uh, sorry, the last uh, Chicago Wolves player to touch the puck before the San Diego goals essentially scored an own goal. He was credited with the goal, making him the first goaltender in AHL history to get a playoff goal during the Calder Cup playoffs. It's kind of fun. Nice. Nicely done. It's kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, that Calder, and Cup... that Calder Cup final is going to feature two very good goaltenders who oh, yeah. have pretty similar numbers uh, going into the final. Alex Nedeljkovic for, for Charlotte and Oscar Dansk for uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and a familiar name uh, somewhere in the depth charts there in uh in Charlotte would be Dustin Tokarski uh, as well. Uh, so the Calder Cup finals start on Saturday, June 1st. Games one and two are in Charlotte, then three games in Chicago, two games in Charlotte. Of course, that's if it goes to games five, six, and seven. Keep in mind the start times are different from for every block. So game one and two is Saturday and Sunday, June 1st and 2nd. Both of those games start at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Charlotte tends to start their games at 6 o'clock at Bojangles Coliseum. Uh, so game one and game two, Saturday, June 1st, Sunday, June 2nd, 6 p.m. Eastern. All three of the games in Chicago start at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. That's next Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then the final two games, if it goes that far back in Charlotte, start at 7 o'clock p.m. So, Make sure you're checking your start times. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I don't know who I'm rooting for in this. I, I, I Charlotte's got a great story. There's some great players, but Chicago's got a great story and some great players. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I I don't know if I can pick one that I want to see win. Um, but I know you 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 said early on, early in the season, Chicago, watch out for Chicago. I did, and and uh, but but as you say, I'm I'm very happy for Charlotte too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they've done very well. So, um, kind of torn myself. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, one bit of news that dropped today: we were talking about those Toronto Marlies uh, and their early exit, well, not early, but their exit from, from the Calder Cup playoff uh, run. Uh, they made an announcement today. Um, Sheldon Keith, head coach of the Toronto Marlies, signed to a two-year contract extension. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Does this surprise you at all? He's a great coach. Um, Sheldon Keefe is, is a great coach. And I keep thinking that, that there's going to be an NHL team that's, that's going to scoop him up. Um, now they would have to get permission to do that. Obviously if he's under contract, but, and, and uh, it looks like the Leafs don't want to let him go. Um, they, uh, and, and there's obviously some, uh, you know, Keefe obviously enjoys what he's doing and he's a very successful uh, at it. Um, and so, uh, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, the, the, the Leafs saying they, they are, are developing coaches as well as uh, developing players. And, and, 
maybe they have future plans for uh, Sheldon Keefe, uh, but he is an excellent coach and, and uh, he will be coaching. There's no question. He will be uh, coaching in the NHL. And uh, it sounds, seems like the Leafs are, are wanting to make sure that uh, that isn't with any other team other than uh, them sometime in the future. Well, he's done a great job for the Marlies so far uh, and is, is is very good to work with. So congratulations to Sheldon Keith. He'll be around for at least a couple more years in the Toronto organization for right now with the Marlies. Well, <laughs> to be continued, I'm sure. Uh, what will and also we, be... We, go ahead. Uh, just to mention another player, another piece of news. Uh, we see we saw Adam Cracknell in the... Um, uh, San Diego series, San Diego, Chicago series. And Adam Cracknell is, mm-hmm. is I think even currently, if you look at the playoff uh, scoring uh, races is second, uh, of course, Adam Cracknell formerly with, um, uh, with Laval. And, and we know that, that it was Adam Cracknell um, who came from Hartford. Uh, he was traded uh, for Peter Holland. Uh, Peter Holland went, went to the, the Rangers organization um, and then this this past uh, at the trade deadline was traded to uh, Chicago uh, and played for uh, Rockford for uh, the remainder of the season. Uh, well, Peter Holland has just signed a two year contract uh, with the KHL. Um, so he's oh. off to to um, uh, play for two years in uh, the KHL next starting in the fall. Hmm. Well, best of luck to him. Seems to be a trend this year, big time. Um, seeing a lot of a lot of players heading over to play uh, in the KHL so far in this off season. So I'm sure that list is going to continue to grow. Uh, we are going to actually take a quick, one more quick break. On the flip side of that, we're going to give you an update on the Kelly Cup finals. That is happening right now. There are already two games into um, that series for uh, who is going to lift, lift the Kelly Cup for the ECHL. Uh, and, uh, of course, don't forget, we still want to talk to you about how you could win a ticket to the NHL draft this June with us in Vancouver. So you'll want to hear all about that. Don't go anywhere. Um, right after this message, we're going to talk to you about that and much more right here on From the Press Box. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. 
RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by Rick Stevens, my co-host. And again, don't forget, you can find us online. Uh, Of course, visit the website, ahl.report, but hit us up on social media as well. You can find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Uh, and be sure to drop us a line there if you have a question about hockey, if you have a comment, if you have some feedback, or if you just want to uh, to chat about the latest in the hockey news, hit us up at the AHL Report on Twitter. Well, as you said at the top of the show, Rick, there was a lot of hockey action happening over the course of the weekend. Um, we've talked about what's happened with the Calder Cup uh, we've uh, briefly touched, of course, on the Memorial Cup with uh, the Huskies uh, beating the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, the World Championships wrapped up with um, a valiant effort by Team Canada uh, after the U.S. was knocked out, um, but wasn't to be this year. It was. It was. That was actually. It was a it was a fun, that was a fun game uh, to watch, uh, and of course, no offense to to anyone in Canada, but the excitement level on, on the emotional level of the fan the Finnish fans in that crowd in Bratislava uh, made that pretty pretty amazing to watch. I, I I think that they didn't think they could believe what they were seeing. Well, it was a very, um, as the, the, the broadcasters kept saying, a very um, unheralded um, roster that um, came together, uh, just a couple of NHLers uh, came together and, um, and just knocked off one team after, after the next. And, and uh, so congratulations to Finland. And uh, um, they're a team that, that um, internationally I always enjoy watching play. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately uh, came out to uh, beat Canada this time, but um, if there was anyone other than uh, Canada that was going to win, I'm, I'm, um, I'm okay with the Finns taking it. <laughs> well, that's a good way to put that. That is a good way to put that. Um, of course. Uh, yes. The Stanley cup finals have, have begun and we'll just, Leave that at that, mm, as you yeah. as you mentioned. <laughs> There's not really much to talk about there, uh, but one uh, series that is our hat that already has two games under its belt is the Kelly Cup final. Uh, we had talked about the amazing inaugural season run that the Newfoundland Growlers, who is who are the ECHL team of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, have have gone on in this first season of theirs, and they are one of the two teams contending for the Kelly cup title. Uh, they are facing the Toledo walleye. We, uh, at this time last week, we didn't know yet who they were going to be playing uh, in the final. And they've played two games, both of them in Newfoundland. Both of them went to overtime and Newfoundland is up two to nothing in this series, Rick. 
that's stunning. It's it's uh, speaking of unlikely uh, for the Newfoundland Growlers uh, to uh, being their their inaugural season as the ECHL franchise uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they are having an outstanding season. Um, you know, there was there was uh, roadblocks along the way with. Uh, um, coaching illnesses and, and all sorts of things. And they've just powered through and, and, uh, and taken, as you said, the first two games, they lead the series two nothing, taking the first two games um, in, both in, in um, each game in overtime. And, and uh, so now they'll head to uh, Toledo for three and Toledo being the uh, ECHL affiliate of the Tr- Detroit Red Wings, uh, three games um, in, um, the the fifth of course if necessary and then again if necessary back to uh, St. John's for uh, game six and seven. Dramatic fashion for both of these games uh, in in the first game uh, the Growlers managed to score in the first period the second period and just over a minute into, thir- into the third period uh, and so they were up comfortably three to nothing uh, and then the walleye came back scored three goals in about six minutes to tie it, uh, but Newfoundland managed to um, win that one in overtime about five minutes into overtime. The second game, uh, no scoring in the first period. The Walleye go up with a one nothing lead in the second period, and this time it's the Growlers who were able to come back and tie it uh, in the third period and then went to the 16-minute mark of uh, overtime before they were able to score the game-winning goal there as well. So dramatic fashion for both uh, both of those games. Uh, and congratulations to the Newfoundland Growlers and our, our friends in the broadcast booth there, Brian Rogers, Chris Ballard. I'm sure they're having a blast with this. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, all of Newfoundland and St. John's has got to be really excited about uh, about this prospect. As you say, they head to Toledo now with a 2 nothing series lead. It's going to be pretty exciting. One other thing that's going to be very exciting is the NHL draft next month. Vancouver, the draft is coming back to Canada. It's been in the States now for for a little while. Uh, It's coming back to Canada this year. And, uh, Rick, as we do every year here at Rocket Sports Media, we have a very, very special contest for our fans and listeners and followers to take part in. Basically, From what I understand, if you can get yourself to Vancouver for the weekend, you have a chance to win a ticket courtesy of us and the NHL to see the NHL draft happen live at Rogers Center, at Rogers Center. And you're just going to have an experience of a lifetime. Um, Everyone who has come with us to to a draft, whether – Wherever it's been, um, whether it's been Dallas or Chicago or Philadelphia, um, uh, Florida, it, it, you know, all of all of our uh, 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 lucky contest winners say the same thing. Just an unbelievable experience, um, and uh, we'll give you a, an opportunity to uh, to win tickets. Uh, these are reserve tickets. Uh, they are lower bowl tickets. They are tickets most often with 
uh, sitting uh, with the uh, draftees and their families. Um, and um, it is, it is uh, my favorite uh, event on the hockey calendar and uh, certainly for uh, the Rocket Sports staff who will be joining us and all of those uh, lucky contest winners. Uh, it's an amazing experience. And uh, we've already started uh, uh, um, announcing winners. There's, there's been several uh, who are, uh, have um, heard their names called and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they're excited to, to, uh, to go. And we have uh, uh, a few more tickets to, uh, uh, to give out. So make sure that you get your entry in um, so that you can uh, be one of those lucky people to join us in Vancouver at the end of June. That's right. We've had a number of end of contest entries. We did have our first random drawing. We uh, announced a couple of winners. Those guys are really excited. Uh, just can't believe as they have said to us, Oh my gosh, you just made, made my day, uh, made my week, made my month. Can't believe that I get to experience this. They're also excited. Uh, a couple of them have told me they're also excited that they get to meet some of the rocket sports media uh, staff, uh, some of the team here at All Habs Hockey Magazine at the AHL Report. We are going to be there as well with you. So yes, this is an opportunity for you to meet some of your favorite writers and podcasters and content creators here at uh, Rocket Sports Media. So how do you win a ticket? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. You want to head over to our NHL site, All Habs Hockey Magazine. Uh, and keep in mind, that is no matter what hockey team you are a fan of, just because you are going to a Canadians centric website, these tickets are available. This contest is open to fans of all 31 NHL teams. Uh, Our, our group every year is full of diversity amongst the NHL. I can tell you that Uh, we've even had Bruins fans. Mm-hmm. We even had Bruins fans, and and it went well. It went well. <laughs> uh, so make sure you go over. So this is this is if you're a Flyers fan, if you're an Avalanche fan, if you're a Vegas fan, if you're a Florida fan, it doesn't matter. If you're a Bruins fan, if you're a Leafs fan, don't be afraid of the name of the website. It is a welcome place for all of you for this contest. So go to allhabs.net. That's allhabs. Dot net and look for the win a ticket to the NHL draft in Vancouver post click on that and it'll give you all of the you know you got to read the fine print you know it's like every contest you have to re- read the fine print but it's going to break down the rules of eligibility for the contest it's going to break down exactly what you have to do to enter the contest there are a few elements uh, required with each entry and so you need to make sure that you have all of those elements in your entry to qualify as an official contest entry and then it'll give you the fine print of okay this is what it includes this is what it excludes blah 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 all of that you know legalese down towards the bottom essentially what you're going to do is you're going to enter a photo contest on social media for rocket sports media which tells us and shows us both in the caption and the photo what makes you such a hockey super fan uh, for whatever team it is that you support. Um, It could be any of the NHL teams. It could be an AHL team. It could be an ECHL team. It could be a European team. It could be all of the teams that your kids play on (laughs) because let's face it, hockey moms and hockey dads have to be super fans of this sport uh, in order to, to support their kids as well. 
So we just want to hear why you are such a big fan of this sport that we all love. And if you do that, you could be coming along with us to Vancouver to witness uh, the 2019 NHL entry draft. And um, you could see Jack Hughes and you'll see Capocacco and you'll see Cole Caulfield and you'll see there's a can't think of names off the top of my head at this moment, but not only will you see all the draftees and their family, you'll see every GM, every head coach, every scout, every media personality. I mean, if you're involved in the world of hockey, you are at the draft. Uh, And so it's a, it's, it is an unbelievable experience that you do not want to miss out on. So again, go to allhabs.net, click on the article for how to win tickets to the NHL draft in Vancouver and get your contest entries in. We are making another drawing probably tomorrow night before game two of the Stanley cup finals. Uh, and we are getting down in our, in, in, how many time, how many more times we can do drawings for tickets. Uh, so make sure you get your contest entries in and tell your friends to do the same. With that, Rick, I do believe that this national hamburger day must come to a close. Well, well at least the, the burger, podcast. With the burger, the day pod- can yeah. come to a close, yes. The podcast mm-hmm. part of national hamburger day has to come to a close uh this was a great episode thanks for thanks for all of your uh knowledge and insight and and your contributions yet again happy to be here and uh don't forget about uh uh, us uh because we're here every week every tuesday from the press Mm -hmm. box um as well as uh there's there's other podcasts in the Rocket Sports uh, Radio family. Uh, Canadians Connection is a live podcast every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And um, But you can find uh, all of our content, all of our, our podcasts uh, on demand. You can listen to them anytime you want. Um, and uh, uh, just with your favorite podcast uh, app, uh, just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Absolutely. And as we've said, be sure to uh, follow along with us on social media and on Twitter. We love to interact with our fans and followers and listeners. So be sure to hit us up at the AHL report. You can also find Rick at all Habs. You can find me at flyers rule. Uh, We're always around. Shoot us a question or a comment and we'd be happy to get back to you uh, and uh, keep the conversation going. Uh, And of course, be sure to follow along on our website, ahl.report. And we're going to just kind of buckle in now for Stanley Cup, Kelly Cup, Calder Cup finals. It's going to be a wild ride for the rest of this week until we're back on the air with you again next Tuesday. So keep it locked on hockey. We will have all of the updates for you here as well. And until next week, stay safe, have fun, enjoy the hockey, and we'll see you back right again next Tuesday right here on the AHL Report.